With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the That's Good Sports Podcast. I am Brandon Perna, and joining me today is William Keys, King of the Andals, Prince of Sacramentoville, first of his name, Breaker of LaCroix boxes. Hmm? Accurate? No, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head. You did it perfectly. That's probably the best intro I've ever gotten. Yeah, that's not only for the show anyway. Yeah, and it, you know, all off the top of my head. So, really, I'm I'm getting good at this. Very good at this podcasting thing. The podcast uh, classes have been paying off. Yeah, <laughs> the podcast classes. Uh, rule one: know what you're going to discuss on the podcast. Well, here's here's the thing: rules are meant to be broken. Yeah. It's really the hardest thing you and I sort of have <laughs> speaking to. Like, what the fuck do we talk about today? The challenge really is like we make videos throughout the week. Yeah. And it's like we've already talked about most everything. Pretty much. So do we just go into depth about some of the shit we've already talked about? Or do we need new things to talk about? I don't know. I don't know how this clearly – Whatever we're doing, since we're not super successful, we're, we haven't found the secret formula yet. I think uh, the strategy is to do exactly what we're doing and then hope that eventually someday uh, people catch on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got the, the bill from Podbean to like renew for the year. Oh, shit. Which I forgot I even had to pay for like the hosting. And it was, I think, $108. And I was like, okay, subtract the $17 we've made through Podbean and that's, that's not a profit, right? We did not make a profit. Hold on. Let me, let me crunch the numbers here. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. No. No. Okay. It's one of those things like uh, HBO probably lost money for yeah. like the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. Uh, but it's just something they had to do. It was, it was almost a public service at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what yeah. I've been doing for six years now. <laughs> the public service. Pro bono video making. Uh, but okay. So we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about the Raiders getting hard knocks. Um, Bill Belichick shooting his players in the face with paintballs. Could have left out paintballs there. Uh, yeah. I should have just teased that one. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. We got a little, not even news, just a Broncos thing we'll start with. Uh, and there's some basketball stuff happening. Yeah, is there ever? Yeah. There's a lot of basketball happening this week. Uh, you made a basketball video yesterday. What does it feel like to be a basketball expert now? Oh, dude, I'm so good at talking b-ball with the b-boys. And uh, yeah. 
a lot of it came actually pretty naturally, I thought, when I watched. Well, when you write 75% of the episode, it's really easy. (laughs) I I added a couple jokes. And then the one thing I, like, okay, so I watched... I watched the Raptors, uh, not all of it, but parts of the the Raptors Warriors game. Yeah, I saw Katie get hurt. I saw the whole cheering uh, scandal. Yeah, Canadian fans. I was like, oh, this is interesting because people were acting insane on Twitter about it. So I felt like I had something to say there. And you're like, this would make a good episode. So I was like, all right, we'll buckle down. We'll do basketball. You really recapped the game. And then uh, I just added some bullshit about when you should root for an injury and when you shouldn't. And the answer is you should never root for an injury. Uh, But the funny thing was like, just immediately, everybody in the comments was like, what about Tom Brady? I know you would root for a Tom Brady injury, Brandon. What about like this? Yeah, and that's not a hypothetical situation. We went through that in 2008. And I think like somebody said, it's one of those things where you think it, you just don't say it. And that's where I'm going to leave that. You know what? I'm thinking it and saying it right, not saying it right now. So, right. Well, in that, like, I think the KD injury brings up like a good point. Yeah. If you, if you were somebody who, who was on the fence about whether or not you should root or cheer for an injury, to me, like, a, a big part of that is you never know the extent of an injury. You know, sometimes you do. Like Alex Smith, you knew right away he was fucked. Like, yeah, there are there are injuries. You know, Alex Smith, like they hate Kevin Durant. <laughs> right, he's like um, one of the top five hated athlete in sports right now, and has been since he came to Golden State. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, but like Katie's injury, like right away didn't look bad, but with ligaments and different things, you never know. Like, turns out it was pretty bad. Turns out. He confirmed he ruptured his Achilles. So, a lot, yeah, a lot of armchair doctors on Twitter. Exactly, exactly. So, like, that's to me is the biggest thing. Like Garrett Bowles, when he hurt his leg a couple of years ago, you would have thought his career was over. You know what I mean? By the way, he reacted, right, yeah. and he missed like a week. He missed a week. It was a bone bruise, and people. I mean, people get. That's the thing. Like, people gave him shit for crying and overreacting to an injury. Uh, I just don't know. Like, uh, maybe it just hurt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, KD seems pretty tough because his Achilles ruptured and he didn't, like, he didn't show a lot of pain. You're just like, ugh. Right. Like, you would have, like, Paul Pierce came back into the game after they wheelchaired him off the basketball in the fi- off the court in the finals. Yeah. Well, that was Which, after he shit his pants, so. Yeah, was, did, did he, can, like, is that true? Pretty much, yeah. He's, it was a theory was, for a long time for, you know, 11 years since that happened. Uh, and if you don't, like, make any strong effort right off the bat to deny that you pooped your pants, uh, you know, that, that rumor is not going to go to bed anytime soon. So, Although if you are in that place where you have to say, no, I did not poop my pants, um, you're better off just not saying anything at all probably. <laughs> right. You're be like, did he actually poop his pants? Would you would you rather shit your pants in an NBA Finals game or rupture your Achilles? Uh, I have one question for you. What color are the shorts? White. <laughs> no. Achilles. I'm sorry. Achilles will heal eventually, uh, but that, that brown stain will never 
it may wash off the shorts, but it will never wash off of your soul and your reputation. That's actually a really great point. Um, I think as somebody who is trying to be seen as a, a comedic presence, I would go shitting my pants. <laughs> you think that's going to like help? You think that's hey, gonna- I think like after the initial embarrassment, like a year later being like, yeah, I was really good at basketball and I was the guy who shit my pants on the court. Like, I feel like to me, I could have a lot of fun with that. Not everybody could. Yeah. No, um, you have to have the right attitude. About yeah, it. exactly. And yeah. it helps like if you win, like I'm pretty sure the Celtics won that game. Right. Uh, so to say you pooped your pants mid game and still won, I think is about as powerful a move as you can get. Yeah, you're right. That's okay. a, that is a power move. Right. Shit your pants, and then you come back, and yeah, he hit like a clutch three or something in that game, I believe. Yeah, yeah, after he cleaned up. Yeah. And probably changed his shorts. I, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> was, that the, was that the Lakers-Celtics series? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I watched, I watched all of those. I used, that's when I used to watch basketball. They – is when I worked at the uh, the porn factory and mm-hmm. I worked at the swing shift. So it was in the evening and me and this other guy would just take really long dinner breaks <laughs> and watch, watch the basketball games in the, in the break room because there was no like supervisors there. So, you know, Oh, I would expect them to run a really tight ship there, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, let's, <clears throat> That's enough. That's enough banter. Okay, let's talk about. Yeah, cut out the banter. We have serious stuff to talk about. This has been a heavy news week, especially so in- heavy. Heavier than a shorts carrying a full bag of basketball shit. Yep. Um, okay, so I saw this thing. I think in Reddit um, from James Palmer, and it was saying that Broncos uh, Bradley Chubb started watching Khalil Mack tape once Vic Fangio was hired in Denver. That was not something I had heard. Uh, Also, I haven't been paying too close attention, but um, Fangio supposedly has uh, had Chubb in the same role that he used Mack last season. And that role is to uh, sack the quarterback a lot. (laughs) Right. Um, So I looked up Khalil Mack's stats last year. Uh, compared to Bradley Chubbs. So Khalil Mack in 13 games uh, that he started, one interception, one touchdown, six forced fumbles, 12 and a half sacks, 18 QB hits. Chubb in 16 games, zero picks, zero touchdowns, two forced fumbles, 12 sacks, 21 QB hits. So my question to to you, Will, is do you think Chubb will outproduce Khalil Mack this year if he's used like him? Uh, maybe not all around, but if you were going to bet on one area, where do you think he, he will maybe be better the way Fangio is going to utilize him? I think he might get there on the quarterback hits. I think he might beat out Khalil Mack. Um, can I just say that the one interception, one touchdown from Khalil Mack, that was on Deshaun Kaiser in week one. Uh, so that absolutely does not count towards anything. Fair uh, enough. It wasn't even Aaron Rodgers. It's going to come – yeah, it's going to look like, oh, he's picked off – he had a pick six against Aaron Rodgers in week one. It's like, no, that was that was when Aaron Rodgers hurt himself and then came back gloriously and won the game on Sunday Night Football. 
But there was a brief second quarter where uh, Deshaun Kaiser was um, sticking it up for the Packers. I don't think he's going to beat him on sacks uh, primarily because Khalil Mack doesn't have competition on the other side. Maybe not as good of competition as Von Miller. It's about as good as you can get on the other side. So there were like a few sacks where like they just split because they get there at the same time or like, you know, Von Miller just gets there first where um, Chubb could have gotten his own sack. And it's like, Oh, my teammate beat me to it, which is doesn't sound like that bad of a problem, but it's going to result in a few less sacks a season, I think. But he might he might get there in quarterback hits just based on um, – Yeah, well, he already had more. He had 21 more. to max 18 QB hits. Yeah, and he, he seems like a guy that can stay healthy. Whereas yeah. Whereas with Khalil Mack. But um, I think it's interesting that you can watch tape on Khalil Mack as opposed to just like watching what Vaughn Miller does all the time because I think if you watch Vaughn Miller on tape – a lot, of, a lot of the time you're just saying, like, okay, that's just a freak of nature and I can't physically do that. Like, I can't bend my body horizontal, horizontally, like, 90 degrees like that and get past the, the right tackle. I have to actually, like, you know, figure out how to, you know, uh, get the right hand fighting and, and whatnot to, to beat the tackle. I can't just time the snap perfectly like Von Miller does because he just has supernatural pass rushing abilities, whereas – Mac is probably more of a technician, although he's also very strong. Right. You can't just be like, oh, I'll just be really, really fast like Von Miller. Um, and also for Khalil Mack, like, you can probably just skip the playoff tape too. Not, not a lot there to see. <laughs> a lot of open, open space there. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I think like the thing – I can't remember which player was talking about Von Miller. Um, I heard it, I, I think it was on the radio, but he was talking about like asking Von Miller about something and maybe it was like Derek Wolf talking about it, but he was just like, he's like, he can just bend ways that like right. your standard athlete can't. So he tries to do you something, tr- tries to show you how he does something and you just like, you can't do that with your body is kind of what they were saying. So I think that's fair to your point. And saying like maybe Max a little bit more similar to Chubb in their their style of play because of their sort of athletic build maybe. Um, I think one thing like there was a lot of criticism last year about times where Von Miller would be in coverage or something. Uh, I actually think you'll see Miller and Chubb mixed into coverage maybe even more with Vic Fangio uh, because he he expects that out of I think a lot of the position players um, and likes to use it to confuse, obviously, you know, offense is what they're doing. Yeah. And so, he blitzes, he blitzes cornerbacks more often. So someone's got to drop up. back to make up for that. So like beyond like being like comparing Chubb's play to maybe Mac, I'm just curious to see the variations in which they're used uh, with with a different sort of defensive philosophy, I guess, moving forward this next season? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably only, you know, 12 sacks. And how many of those sacks came in, like, the last 10 games of the season? So it, it seems like he's on an upward trajectory, whereas Vaughn Miller uh, is pretty consistent throughout the season. So, you know, we'll see. I like where they're headed. Yeah, I do too. And uh, with Khalil Mack, 
since he was a former Raider, we can jump into the Raiders getting hard knocks. Great job. Great transition. Like that? Like that segue? Yeah. That was, do you, by the way, do you know how to spell segue? S-E-G-W-A-Y. That's what I thought. And it's S-E-G-U-E. Because I think it's French or something. Oh, that sucks. I know. But if you rent a Segway, is it? Exactly. (laughs) It doesn't mean like, oh, you're segueing to the next topic on a Segway. Yeah. Which would make a lot more sense. Well. Personally, I think we should should just change it. You you more than anybody know exactly my spelling talents. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Well, I I forget. I think maybe it was this. Yeah, maybe it was this rundown. It was, yeah. I think that disaster <laughs> spelled wrong, and you corrected it before I could even finish the fucking sentence. I know. I love to do that. <laughs> Just to piss you off, like while you're writing mid sentence, I'll go in and correct the word. Yeah. I usually see it too. In, and I don't even like type it out. I just hit the right click button and, and do the autocorrect. Yeah. Well, that's how I do them. You, well, yeah. It's usually fifth. Well, I would say I'm a worse typer than I am a speller. Like you, you are, yeah. I would say more, more. The my problem usually is, I don't hit the right keys, and I know what I'm spelling, and I know how to spell it, but I hit. Sometimes I'll hit so many wrong letters, it doesn't even recognize what fucking word I tried to write. <laughs> yeah, no, that's always uh, very insulting when you're just so far away that it doesn't even suggest anything. <laughs> Yeah. the the most embarrassing thing is when you're you've actually given it a good try like <laughs> the old college try oh wow i was my, my the word i was trying to spell was about 10 letters away from where mm-hmm. i needed to be yeah i was trying to spell environment and now it's autocorrected to evangelical <laughs> yeah that's definitely uh one of my weaknesses mm-hmm um raiders hard knocks raiders hard knocks this is this is brilliant this is what everyone wanted oh man right it's the first time you could say that i'm excited to watch anything about the raiders i I think so too um i was excited to watch them pretty much every you know every every game they went two and 14 in 2006 the year before jamarcus russell i was excited to see them uh, it's fun to watch them lose. I think this is this is different because this is going to be a window into their madness. Uh, we're going to see how the sausage is made, and spoiler alert: I think it's going to be made very poorly. And yeah, we're going to we'll see a lot of you know troubling things about John Gruden's coaching process. Yeah, I mean John Gruden alone is an entertaining sort of uh, character. Then you have, obviously, Antonio Brown, which is another bit of insanity. Mm-hmm. Add in Vontez Perfect and Richie Incognito. This is every, the thing. Everybody's repeating this, these guys, right? But it's true. Like, it is an interesting collect. Don't even mention, like, Mark Davis in the mix or a new yeah. GM and Mike Mayock. Um, All the scouts that hate them <laughs> at home before right. the draft. Yeah. And the the crazy thing is this like shitstorm could turn out to be very successful for the Raiders this year. Like could in that there's talent. Right. We have seen Derek Carr play really good football as a quarterback. I don't think 
it is going to happen, but it could. So, but most people I think are expecting it to be a shit show and a disaster. So my only fear is that it doesn't somehow live up to the hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like if um, they look like a normal, good functioning team, everybody's going to be a little bit disappointed. That's what we, we know that's not going to happen. We have you know, 60 years of evidence uh, that that is not the case. So why it would, I, although it could just turn into the only way that does happen is if it, they, they use it to their advantage and, and turn into like a North Korea propaganda machine. Uh, oh. But I trust HBO, especially given uh, Hard Knocks last year where they showed how dysfunctional Hugh Jackson's coaching, uh, coaching staff was and, and how they were holding up that organization basically with duct tape uh, during training camp they don't really pull any punches and it's not like they have like fluff pieces within right hard knocks. But as far as the organization goes, uh, they don't really, yeah, they don't really sugarcoat it. And there's not a lot of sugarcoating, um, that I think you could do with these Raiders. No, I think you're probably right there. It's... Yeah. But, right. So do you have any like specific things that you're looking forward to? Because there's like always these beats that Hard Knocks hits every year, like the, these different storylines, um, like these little cutaway features. So right. I, I have some some specific scenes that I want to see. Tell me. Okay. First of all, Nathan Peterman throwing interceptions in training camp. I was I keep forgetting. Yeah, I think that's going to be like a mon. There's just going to be like a montage of interceptions to like to transition from uh, one practice to the other. Like the, that's going to be really exciting. Like the Bob Wiley stomach pumps, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be all in slow motion. It's going to be great. Uh, Vontez Perfect and Richie Incognito getting into their first fight. Oh, God. And how, like, all the sidelines, like, uh, spill onto the field. Really looking forward to that. Um, Derek Carr's makeup routine in the morning. I want to see. Uh, I want to see him waking up like actually, like twenty minutes early to apply eyeliner. Um, them going to Canada and like John Gruden or Mike Mayock like forgetting their passports or something. I think. Oh, do they have a preseason Canadian game? Yeah, they're playing in Winnipeg um, in the preseason. Nice. And um, we forget that they hold their training camp in Napa. So I think mm. someone, maybe Antonio Brown, more likely Richie Incognito. Uh, it's going to get really shit-faced at a winery. they got to get wine drunk, yeah. yeah. It I needs to be like a team building activity at a, a, a winery. Mm-hmm. That might be like an HBO extra that they only show online. Uh, but trust me, I'm going to be watching all of that content. You should be – like, honestly, you could be a producer for Hard Knocks. I've just watched it so much that, like, it's – like, I've got the formula down. Yeah, no, you got it. I always, yeah, I mean, the thing I always think is formulaic in Hard Knocks is their, like, use of montages. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of have to have a formula when you're putting out an hour-long episode oh, yeah. in the course of a week. <laughs> but, uh, no, they they have their formula, and if it, it works perfectly, so. The thing that's it nice, that. it, well, the, Hard Knocks did the Chiefs a long time ago, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, like the Brody Croyle team. Yeah, like I don't even remember any of that shit. Uh, so it's nice that it's in the AFC West in that like I'm much more familiar with all of the AFC West teams. So you like when they're – I'm curious to see like which guys they focus on that are going to be like the unknown guys uh, that maybe I'll actually know who the fuck they are this time around. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's going to be – I can guarantee there's going to be something about Josh Jacobs – Tough childhood. Um, that'll probably actually be pretty interesting, but like that's tailor made for hard knocks. Right. There's going to be a few undrafted players. I'm going to say Keelan Doss because he went to college uh, like half an hour from Oakland. Uh, let's see. I, uh, I was going to say Derek Carr and his relationship with John Gruden, but that's so like. It's almost like too passive aggressive to to convey on camera. They have such a weird relationship. Hopefully, there's like a big trade or something. Like, imagine if uh, Hard Knocks was rolling while they traded Khalil Mack last season. Oh yeah, that would've been cool. That would've been <clears throat> huge. Did that happen during the? Was that like the final week of preseason? When yeah. was that? It might have been like right after uh, the last preseason game. Yeah, it was late. I mean, and I think, like, your Nathan Peterman uh, interception thing, I think there there will also – there's got to be, like, a John Gruden soundbite super cut, too. There will be. Yeah. They're going to have so, like – I mean, it's hard because Gruden's been on camera so much. He's had the uh, QB football camp or tape or whatever the hell that show is he did. Mm-hmm. But that was done by ESPN. Yeah. Someone who's going to be, like, more forgiving and definitely want to be a little bit error on the side of keeping, like, John Gruden happy. Whereas, I mean, HBO, maybe they get some better nuggets from from Gruden. Uh, Yeah, it's not like because they're in such a good position because they don't have to keep the coaches happy because, A, they're only there for – five episodes yeah like a month yeah and they don't have to go back because like coaches especially the coaches that end up on hard knocks like you're there because you're not there by choice you're there because your team uh, wasn't in the playoffs a first year coach and your team didn't make the playoffs which usually means that you're on your way out uh so they don't have to be like well we don't want to burn bridges with a guy that's going to be here five years down the road if we have to do that again right the coach just isn't going to be there yeah, which is funny is because Gruden could be the exception because <laughs> of his contract. Yeah, you know. <laughs> his 10-year contract. It really is great that the NFL put those rules in place that, like, some team has to do it because we got that one year without hard knocks during the, during the NFL holdout, so they changed that. I think it was in the CBA. Maybe not, but that was really uh, genius marketing. Uh, probably the best thing Roger Goodell has done to say uh, if you don't make the playoffs and if your head coach is not a rookie, you're eligible. Yeah. No, I think that was fair. And hopefully one day we get the Broncos. I mean, not that I want them to miss the playoffs, but God knows it happens occasionally. Yeah, no, it'd be cool. Some, like some teams do like their own, obviously like low budget version uh, of hard knocks. Uh, I know on the Bills YouTube channel, they're doing their own sort of like 
follow the Bills team for a few weeks during preseason or whatever. Uh, it's not as in-depth or as cool, but, like, I wish more teams would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that I, the Broncos don't, but – where do you rank Hard Knocks as far as like the three major football documentaries? And I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out. Hard Knocks is one, uh, not in order, but like Hard Knocks is one of them. Amazon All or Nothing, and then uh, Last Chance You on Netflix. I mean, you kind of have to say Hard Knocks is number one. Uh, it's probably the most popular. It's been around the longest. It kind of like defined the the format for it. Um, but I've found last chance you a little bit more interesting, at least like the first season. First season was excellent. Yeah. And then it just kind of, it felt like repetitive after that. And then they switched schools, but, um, yeah, I would say like hard knocks is the most well-produced and I haven't watched All or Nothing, so I can't really compare it. Mm. I mean, I've seen parts of it. I've seen parts of it with Jeff Fish. Like, they did the – no, wait, Hard Knocks was with the Rams. They did both with the Rams that year. Oh, okay. Which was a mistake. Uh, yeah. I would say, we yeah. I don't know who the All or Nothing team was, I don't think. They do, they do such a good job of keeping that under wraps. I have no uh, idea how they keep it a secret all year. But they did. Probably because they do it out in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi and shit. No, I mean uh, Amazon, all or nothing with the NFL. Oh, team. oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I don't know. They've done who've they've done stuff. So, they've done the Cardinals, Cardinals, the Cowboys. The was great. Rams, is Cowboys. Cowboys was last year. Yeah. Cowboys not that great. No, I watched some of the Cowboy one, uh, but yeah, HBO. I mean, they just they know how to make shit. They sure do, and they would do a good job uh, producing That's Good Sports, just saying. Oh, God, they would. They would. They would do so good. It would be incredible. Uh, like, if I can – if you and I can be successful, Will, imagine if somebody knew what the hell they're doing behind – No, right? This show. Some direction and some planning. And uh, imagine us, like, uh, just – having dominion over like personal assistants and like staff writers and everything. Oh God. A lot of fun. It'd be like a real life Larry Sanders show. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I have wanted to pitch so bad is a real version of the Larry Sanders show, but it's a sports show, which (laughs) it's like the first half of it is like trying to put the show together. And then you actually, give them the show in the second half. So it's like you're producing yeah. a 12 minute show, but the first 12 minutes are like the story of trying to put the, the, the thing together, which is kind of what Sorkin did a little bit with sports night, you know, a long time ago, but that was all fictional. No, yeah. we want, yeah, we want it all documentary style. Or like the other version is basically more like, uh, more like home improvement in that it's a sitcom. Okay where the main character has the sports show, but like South Park in that it stays relevant. So you have to shoot it right and shoot the show that week. So the story goes around with the actual news that happens. Like this week we're talking about like Kevin Durant on the show. 
Exactly. So like that would be what's in the show and then you build the story and you may have to spend like the off season of the show writing your story arcs. Right. And then having like a template that that you can tool to do it. But uh, like, I I would love to just be in a position to try to do some of that shit, but I'm HBO. If you're listening who anybody here work at HBO might be. And here's the thing. Uh, HBO would be choice number one. I think we'll oh. also accept Showtime, yep. right? Yep. Stars, no. Um, yeah. Cinemax, maybe. We could. I don't know how the You're the big fish in the little pond over there. Yeah, I mean, we're in between like Strike Back and some softcore porn. Yeah, if we can incorporate nudity to my to the show, I, I'm open. Hey. Open. <laughs> It'll be in your contract, yeah. That's for sure. I wonder if like a, a place like that would, would if they seriously considered like doing my show, if they would uh force me to go through and scrub some of my videos, like get rid of them. Which videos in particular? Like say that we wanted to have a guest on the show that I talked a lot of shit about oh. in the episode. You know what I mean? Who I mean, there's, a, there's an easy one about? to say in Tom Brady, which I don't think right. I scrub clean all together, but no, you just have to delete your channel. Yeah. Uh, Which I would do for the right amount of money. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just that Brady would never come on the show regardless. No. Oh man. I would kill to be able to interview him. That'd be like the number one person I'd want to interview. <laughs> Question. Which is funny, what which the I don't fuck think, is wrong with you? <laughs> like, and I would approach it like a civil person. You'd have I, would, to. I would say, look, man, I've given you an unfair shake on my show. Nobody has shit on you more than me, probably. Uh, what I want to do is an interview where I continue to do that. <laughs> but halfway through the interview, you turn, you turn the tables on me. And you end up making me look like an ass. Like, I, like to me, it would be really funny if I went in there and Brady was able to like eviscerate me somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's funny. I don't know if people would like it, but like to me, cause I don't take it that seriously either, but I don't know. I think uh, the ideal situation for that is if comedy central ever did a roast of Tom Brady, I don't think he'd mm-hmm. ever agree to it, but I think you would probably be on that panel of comedians that they get up there. I feel and, like I could roast him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he throws it back at you uh, when he gets on the stand at the end of it. Right. <laughs> Just watch the uh, office episode where Michael Scott makes everybody <laughs> yeah. roast him. Last night it was on. <laughs> Usually like when you're, when you're done, it's okay for the roaster to say something nice and loving to the person they're roasting. <laughs> <laughs> you go up there with a golf club. Oh shit. Um, you know what would have been good on HBO is to see the Patriots on Hard Knocks mm. playing paintball instead of going to practice. Yeah, because that's what happened. I think yesterday, uh, and we heard a story that Bill Belichick shot their linebacker Kyle Van Noy in the face. Um, he was yeah. I, I can picture that perfectly in my head. It's like if you haven't heard the clip, go find it because it's. Kyle Van Noy playing Fortnite with uh, 
Is it Hightower? I think he's playing with Dante Hightower. I forget. He's playing Fortnite with a teammate, and he's talking about his tooth hurting because <laughs> the mask he was wearing hit him in the face from the impact of the paintball. And Hightower's like, oh, yeah, who, who shot you again? And, like, Kyle Van Noy, like, laughs. He's like, no, no, tell me, who shot you again? He's like, no, I, I ain't say Like, he was embarrassed. And then at the very end, he was like, Bill got my ass. She's <laughs> like, just the one line, Bill got my ass. And it's just, you're, it's so easy to see Belichick just fucking shooting his own players. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, here's the thing, though. I just want to say right off the bat, and call me a baby all you want. Call me like a little girl, fine. Paintballs kind of hurt. It really hurt. Yeah, I've never <laughs> played paintball. I only went paintballing once, I think when I was 13, and I got shot in the neck. And let me tell you, that does not feel good. It really no, hurts. It <laughs> doesn't a look like it. You don't want to get shot in paintball. It's not like an airsoft gun or anything. Uh, it, it leaves a, a couple of nice bruises. Uh, but I, I can just picture Bill Belichick shooting everyone without an ounce of sympathy. And here's the thing. Like, who's going to be the one with enough job security, job security to shoot the head coach? Like, Tom Brady, maybe. He's the only one. And I don't yeah. think anybody's shooting Brady either. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> letting Vladimir Putin s- score in a, in a game of hockey. <laughs> that, that clip of Putin scoring is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought of when I heard Belichick shot player in the face was, was Dick Cheney. (laughs) That was literally the first thing. And then the second thing I thought about was, uh, this is because he excused, uh, OTAs two days early. Um, and uh, let's clarify too. Uh, Dick Cheney is one of uh, Bill Belichick's role models. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, as – and he, Belichick's like a his, like a war history buff too. He is, yeah. So he probably he was – takes his military serious. Strategy and like probably flanked Van Noy and <laughs> cut off his supply routes and – yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was thinking about this weeks before it even happened. Yeah, flooded the, flooded the grass behind him. But, like, one of the things I wanted to talk about is I know uh, James Merlat over at 104 – he writes for 104.3 The Fan now. When Vic Fangio gave the Broncos the afternoon off and did the uh, field day, uh, like, he plays the contrarian. Like, that's what he's done. Yeah. And I know James. He's, like, a nice dude, and he, like, he knows what he's doing. But he just wrote an article about, like – how the Broncos shouldn't be taking practice days off, which is obviously like <laughs> so just, funny. <laughs> just to get people like worked up. Uh, and then you see like Bill Belichick do it and it makes it even look, you know, more ridiculous. Um, and I just thought it was like, a, like really funny because I was pretty sure somebody would mention that on Twitter and so, somebody definitely referenced like 104.3, the fan putting out that, that article when they saw Bill Belichick did it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Bill Belichick's been there for 20 years, and Vic Fangio's a rookie head coach, so he needs that time to install the system. Well, that was, like, one of the points I got at in the basketball video we did is it's like the sport debate format works because every, every subject is debatable. Everything. It's true. Anything, yeah, 
you could pick anything and people can they could, play devil's advocate or you know it's just it really is performance art yeah i mean i think the same thing can be said with politics but like sports yeah. it's more fun because it's not as serious and it's why like guys like skip bayless make so much money yeah that's why it's why Stephen a smith is the highest paid on-air personality at espn yeah it's like because they, he knows the most we know that yeah. <laughs> Although I've I've made some pretty big errors. Hunter in the test. In our last, know, but it takes solace in knowing that you're not the highest paid YouTuber. So that's right. You're not even fucking close. Yeah, you're only you're only like third or fourth. Yeah. On a bad in a bad year. It would be funny if like somehow, as mildly successful as my channel is, I turned out to be one of the highest paid YouTubers. It would be funny because I'd be so rich. <laughs> yeah no you could I, uh i could pay you so much more money i could pay you what you're worth will really so i'd be taking a yeah i'd be taking a pay cut in that case um <laughs> the last the last football thing i want to talk about is yeah. Pete carroll said he expects uh michael kendricks to be available this season uh kendricks of course got busted for the insider trading <laughs> is sentencing has been postponed three times so far. Uh, Kendricks played in three games last year, then served an eight-game uh, suspension, and then went on IR because he got hurt in the first game back. But I thought it was really interesting because this is, this is a white-collar crime that the NFL could right. easily, easily get around. So Pete Carroll saying he's confident that Kendricks can play this year to me, seems like the most, uh, I don't know, slimy sort of thing to get out of a crime because, like, I would – the NFL should feel embarrassed if they don't help Kendricks avoid getting out of this. You know what I mean? Like this I mean, is, they're helping – yeah, they're actively helping Tyreek Hill right now, so um, – Right, and this is their bread and butter. Like, every player they have knows – they know guys to that know judges to help get him out of this shit. And Kendricks was like in somewhat an ignorant bystander in what was happening. He said he knew like something wasn't completely legal, but he didn't understand exactly like the Yeah, it's like Barry Bonds. Like I didn't know that they're injecting steroids into me. <laughs> it's like I I just thought it was like a potassium supplement because I was getting cramps in my yeah. leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My head was getting huge, and I was slamming dingers at an alarming yeah, rate. My balls shrunk to the size of marbles. I realized, like, to be able to talk about baseball, you just need to say things like uh, jacked and dingers. And yeah, it's a, of, um, it's a lot of uh, penis euphemisms, essentially. Like dongs. Is a home run? Yeah, like Jack and one. Basically, it's, actually, pretty, it's extremely phallic sport. You're holding like that baseball bat. You're right. Yeah. Putting chalk on your hands before you grab the shaft of a bat. Correct. Everybody yep. understands that. Choking up on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, let's just say, yeah, psychologists would have a field day exploring. I'm sure there's been many, many a book written. Uh, about the relationship yeah i mean we've talked about this before on here right with the use of the word penetration by football announcers yeah yeah 
No, it's, it's, it is just, it be outlawed. it's on the mind. Like you, when you're, you're watching a sport as aggressive as football, it builds up, even watching it, I think builds up testosterone, which uh, makes you think of sex. And that's probably why John Madden drew so many uh, penises on the telestrator. <laughs> Got the left guard here and then the right guard here sealing off the block. And you can see Terrell Davis running up the middle right here. And somehow <laughs> for some reason I'm, I'm finishing the, the half circle here and bringing it right back down to the second ball. There you go. Mm-hmm. He ran a perfect penis route. Well, that's f- in far more detail than uh, John Madden would describe any play. So That's true. What do you think turns Madden on more? Oh, Football just, uh, or food? Wow. That's because he likes to conflate the two, like with Madden. Turducken. Yeah. I, I think mean, the, the one thing that turned him on more than anything was Pat Summerall pronouncing the comma and murder she wrote. <laughs> So like he, when they're on CBS together, the game would always be followed by an episode of Murder. She wrote, and then <laughs> it became such a joke between them that when they moved to Fox, obviously Murder She Wrote was still on CBS, and so the show that came up on Sunday nights after the game was uh, Married with Children. So <laughs> Pat Sunroll would pronounce it Married with Children. <laughs> After the game on Fox. Yeah, I remember you writing that joke in one of our episodes. Yep. And I didn't know the reference then. Well, now you know. Now I know. All right. Um, the thing with Kendricks, though, and I think you were kind of alluding to it uh, in the rundown, in blue-collar prison, there's nothing really to do other than pump iron all day uh, and, you know, maybe play, you know, prison yard sports like O.J. Simpson was the, the like GM of their uh, – their intramural sports league in white collar prison. I assume all you can do is like make crafts with Martha Stewart. And if there's any sport being played, uh, it's gotta be like tennis or something, maybe right. badminton croquet, maybe. I don't know. No. Yeah. Cause I don't man, think that gets you into football shape, right? That was a decent joke. I wrote in there is that yeah. he got Kendrick Scott injured because white collar crime doesn't make you tougher like regular crime. That's right. Yeah. No, it's, it's sad. It's sad. I feel bad for everybody that has to go to white collar crime and yeah. not come jacked. Exercising your brain, not your biceps. Some, someone's been in blue collar prison recently. You like that? Yeah. General population based on those biceps. GP and I was running the show. <laughs> Are you wearing a frat shirt? It's Phi Slamma Jamma. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a frat. No, it's a uh, it's college basketball sports reference. I know, I know, I know. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I got it for uh, free from my friend's t-shirt company. Not bad. I've had it for a long time, and it it's just like one of those soft, nice t-shirts. Yeah. But I do like people to think that I was in a frat. You want to shout out your friend's t-shirt company? No, because uh, my friend doesn't work for him anymore. And oh, the, guy didn't, the guy didn't pay me for video services. I was in the process of trying to make for them. Oh, in that case, the t-shirt is not soft and it's very uncomfortable. 
My, my wife always asks me why I still wear them. I'm like, they're good shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Bad right. businessman, good craftsman. Let's end with just a little basketball talk. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> the last podcast, uh, we did a big Game of Thrones talk at the end. And you, I think, uh, reshared somebody tweeting, like saying, loved you guys talking about Game of Thrones and TV was my favorite part of the show. And then uh, I posted a question, which was cool. And then I posted a question about um, when my, with the YouTube shit, like what people wanted a video made about. And uh, some guy was like, do the Giants episode. I don't want to hear any more about YouTube or Game of Thrones. That was hard enough to listen to in the last podcast. So it's just like. (laughs) I don't understand why you can just turn it off, man. Or you can just hit skip. Uh, we warned them. We said we're going to talk about Game of Thrones now, but I don't. I'll never understand it. I respect the loyalty, I guess, of the the guy yes. listening through that. It'd be one He's thing listening right now. Yeah, it'd be and one they, thing if we were talking about this in like uh, like the week before the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. I mean, really, it is June. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I wasn't mad about the comment. It's just like my my point there is like. Trying to guess, I feel like what I think people want to hear is it's always just tough. Like, I know the Broncos are a safe bet. I know shitting on the Patriots is a sh- safe bet. AFC West is getting stronger. Um, yeah, we got the, a, lot of, a lot of Chiefs fans. I got Chiefs fans here, which I respect. Chargers fans just seem like they're never over the top one way or the other. I think they've been beaten down for so long by – usually having a good team and knowing they're not going to go anywhere. And I'm usually pretty fair to the chargers outside of making fun of Phillip rivers a lot. Yeah. Raiders, Raiders fans. I have not been able to win over. I feel like, uh, you got a good comment from a Raiders fan, uh, a couple weeks ago though. Did I, I think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll try. Generally, to they will downvote the video when I, uh, talk a lot of shit about the Raiders, but that's a, uh, it's a guessing game. It's my what are you going to do? You can't make everybody happy. You can only make yourself happy. No. And I really liked the Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise fight video, but not as many yeah. people want to watch it. I don't know why. I'm, when that eventually uh, becomes available on pay-per-view, I'll pay any amount of money. Oh, God. I would, that'd be such a fun thing to watch. It'd be such a fun thing to get drunk and watch. Anyway. Yeah, hope it, and ideally, it lasts like as long as a football game. Yeah, three three hour fight. Oh, I still think Cruz would would kill him. He'd probably kill him in the ring. Yeah, I feel like Tom Cruise yeah, is probably like, tough. He is. I mean, people are saying, "Oh, Bieber's two inches taller. He's got a longer reach. He's you know whatever." Uh, Thirty one years older or younger. Have you seen Cruz and have you seen Justin Bieber? That's all I need. That's all I need to know. Look <laughs> at the look at the muscle definition yeah. on Tom Cruise. Look at Biebs. He's he's spent the last five years banging chicks and hanging out at your local gas station. I, in a way, like I would rather fight Justin Bieber easily. Absolutely, because he's Canadian, so he's probably a pacifist in the first place. Yeah, and he's like he's built like me. He's slightly taller, but he's just like a skinny guy who. He would probably win the fight. Like, I think the reason he tweeted out the thing is he's been, like, training. He's been fight training or boxing or some shit. 
but I, if like I would rather fight him than Cruz has been training since. We need to understand this. Cruz has been training since uh, like the Outsiders, since ri- risky business. Yeah, this is not his first rodeo. No, you know who's an actor? Every time I see him, I always just think that guy would could would just kick my ass, and not like The Rock, which obvious. Yeah. But every time I see Josh Brolin, I'm like that guy would just. Oh, yeah. me. <laughs> is there like a dude who looks more like a, a manly, like tough dude than Josh Brolin? I don't think so. He yeah. especially in No Country for Old Men, when he's got the mustache too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he would. Probably, yeah, he'd end me. I think I was gonna say John Hamm, but um, he's just become too stylish. Yeah, he's just wearing scarves to St. Louis Blues games and and shaving his beard in the middle of a playoff run. Kind of loses some of his. Uh, he doesn't have to hand over his full man card, but like, you know, maybe uh, maybe turns in the platinum one for a regular man card. Every time I I see John Hamm, I think I wish I had a job where I could drink as much as he did on Mad Men at his job. Well, what's stopping you? Self respect. <laughs> yeah, well, that's your problem. Got to get rid of that first of all. It has no place in this industry. Now that I'm a bourbon drinker or a whiskey drinker, uh, yeah. I wish I could go back to the 50s and just have a a job where I would never get fired and I could drink and make good money. I know. We were really, as men, we were really born in the wrong era. <laughs> as white men, we really, yeah. the gravy train is starting to sail. I know. Could, couldn't have been born in like 1925. This shit. Although it probably would have had a fight in like a major war and probably die. So yeah, and yeah, gotten actually. cancer from smoking so yeah. many cigarettes every day. It's the little trade-offs you have to make. Yeah, small sacrifices. <laughs> so speaking of the NBA finals, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's finish basketball. And get the fuck out of here. Uh, so are you are you gonna watch? Are you gonna sit down and watch Game Six uh, on Thursday? I'm going to try to. Okay. I'm excited for that. Who do you think's going to win the series, though? Because the, the Warriors have the momentum. I know in the video uh, I wrote that I thought the Raptors were going to win, and so I basically just uh, gave you my opinion to, right. to speak on the video because no, – You, you kind of said – you basically kind of hinted at that the last podcast. Uh, right. You said the Raptors were a tough matchup for the Warriors. Uh and I like the the one thing I've learned by watching basketball this round is that Kawhi Leonard's a lot better basketball player than I thought he was. Like I I knew he was a really good player, but watching him play, like, oh yeah, he's he's really fucking good. He, he's like one of those players. I guess like he can do everything, right? Like yeah, no, he. That's the thing is he's a major two way superstar in a way that no one on Golden State who's healthy is Durant is uh, arguably a better offensive player right now. I mean, it's hard to argue really because he can get up a shot over anyone just by how fucking tall he is. And he can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Uh, Probably not as tenacious a defender as Kawhi Leonard, but he's longer, which 
lets them guard more positions, which is important because in basketball you're switching a lot because of picks and you have to cover, you know, more than one type of player. So it's really valuable to have a guy like Kevin Durant who can guard a guard and like a power forward. Um, so it really, it really hurts them in this series. And I think going back to the Toronto fans, it's like you can sort of like forgive them for seeing Durant get hurt and them cheering based on like, oh, we got this now. It's a foregone conclusion that we're going to win the series. Because this is a city that hasn't won anything since the, the Blue Jays in 93. Uh, and they really, really want this title. Uh, it's, you know, Kev, or Kawhi Leonard could easily leave next season. It's not like they're guaranteed to make it back like the Cavs and the Warriors were for right. four years. So it, it's, it was a big moment for them. And I can, you know, obviously like the douchebags aside who were, uh, you know, standing up and waving at Kevin Durant, but like, their initial reaction is is like anybody. It's like, you know, we uh, we're in the driver's seat now to win this whole series because their best player's gone, and that's the first thing that's going to go through your head, rather than oh, I'm you know bummed out that this great player is injured. Yeah, I think uh, when the series started or before it started, I thought Kevin Durant was going to be back for the whole thing. Um, I didn't realize like how serious his injury was, um, but. That's like I said. Like watching, who did Toronto play right before? Who did they beat to get to the champ, the finals, the final? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That's right. Was it in Milwaukee? They took uh, the lead in that series, right? Yeah, they went up two zero, and then uh, Toronto won the last four. Yeah. So I think I thought like since Toronto kind of struggled in that series early, that the Warriors would beat them. And I thought Kevin Durant was coming back. Uh, But I've been impressed with watching Kawhi, you know, sort of carry. It's kind it's funny. It's like, like, cause you told me there's a lot of good talent on the Raptors, but it's similar in that there's so much talent on the Warriors. And previously they've faced the cat, like uh, the Cavs and LeBron and it's, been LeBron carrying the team and it's like the same story again with Kawhi sort of carrying the the Raptors against them but now the like the Warriors are pretty banged up who's the other player you said is hurt for the Warriors is it Looney yeah Kevon Looney is out for the rest of the series too which basically means that they have to play DeMarcus Cousins a lot which it just it slows them down like that Cousins is still kind of out of shape because he was hurt too they didn't think he'd be playing so he got hurt in the first game of the playoffs uh and he doesn't really it's hard to say he really fits in the offense. He, I mean, he makes plays, but he also makes a lot of errors. Like he, he was almost the reason that they lost game five because he got called for that moving screen, uh, mm. which gave Toronto the ball back and the chance to, to win. But like, the thing is like Toronto's are inarguably a more talented roster than the Warriors are right now, but it's almost as important to have like, if you if you cut it into who has the like the who has two out of the three best players in the series, you'd say right now Kawhi Leonard's one, but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are two and three. And I think in some circumstances, it's better to have two of the best three players in the series than to have the better roster overall. Because especially in these moments, uh, 
the discrepancy between like the role players and the superstars becomes so large in the finals, which is why like Golden State doubled Kawhi Leonard on the last possession. It's like, we know that if he gets open, he's, you know, odds are he's going to make a shot and we'd rather take our chances with Kyle Lowry in the corner and leave him open uh, rather than even give Kawhi Leonard a contested look. And it worked out. Yeah, no, it did. Kawhi Leonard or Kyle Lowry missed by, uh, you know, roughly seven feet. Wasn't even close. Well, I think it was tipped. Come on, people. I think <clears throat> it was, tipped. was it tipped? I think so. No, that's fair. I didn't look at it that closely. <laughs> Every it's now and then cool. you see an NBA player, like, just miss a bad shot. And <laughs> it's very relatable. It's always funny to me. And it is relatable. Like, yeah, yeah. see, that can still happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny when professional athletes screw up. It really is. It makes them more like us. Yeah, I love it. That's why well, people... I wouldn't miss a, bad, miss a shot that bad. Come on. I would. I haven't shot a basketball forever. It was always like my worst sport, basketball. Mm, I wonder why. Too much... What, is that a short thing? <laughs> no, 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 no. I already ran out of short jokes in the uh, Tom Cruise Justin Bieber fight oh, episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was a good, a good joke we referenced a couple times. Mm-hmm. You uh, you liked my Home Alone one, didn't you? That was very good. I, that was a joke. Like I started and I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> That's a, a lot of the times those are the best ones. Like how how do I make this fit in some way? Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. And a few of those movies had well, way more than three, too. I was like, no yeah. one's going to give a shit. <laughs> There's probably like seven Home Alones, but like four of them went straight to DVD in like the early 2000s. Yeah, there's been a bunch of Terminators. and. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, is, is, okay so I, I tweeted that Anthony Davis was traded. There <laughs> <Sure> is it. <laughs> I got the fake... The fake uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Is that Wojnarowski? Yeah, Wojnarowski. Woj, the Woj, call, yeah, the Woj, the Woj bomb. The Woj bomb, yeah. I, got, I, I tweeted the fake one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right before this. like, oh, shit, that's big news. Something we could talk about. And immediately somebody's like, fake, fake. Uh, what happened is basically his agent said that if he got traded to the Celtics, he would leave after a year because that's, he becomes a free agent after next season. Oh. So he's basically like saying he doesn't want to. Play no point in trading me here because I'm not going to stay. I respect that. Respect him not going to Boston. Yeah. And here's the thing: Boston is going to be so arrogant anyway. It's like, well, we're going to trade knowing that he doesn't want to stay, and then he's going to play a season here, and it's going to turn out that he loves Boston and loves the team, and he's going to change his mind. And then it turns out he won't because uh, mm. you know, kind of racist assholes. So we've got Boston Blues playing tonight. Hopefully I get this episode up. Um, I think I'm going to sit down and watch a, a good old game of hockey. Uh, oh, here's a well, – we're going to end on this, even though it's, okay. it's such old news. It's just something I'm curious about. Uh, why, why did the Spurs trade Kawhi Leonard? Uh, because – well, he – he, did he just want out of there? Like, He got hurt. Uh, so 
going back to the 2017 Western Conference Finals, the Spurs and the Warriors were playing. In game one, I think the Spurs were up by like 25 points maybe. And Zaza Pachulia, who used to play center for the Warriors, kind of cheap-shotted Kawhi Leonard and like injured his leg. I think it was like his thigh, but like gave him a serious injury that just immediately took him out of the series. Uh, and so the Warriors came back and won that game because Kawhi was gone. And then I think I, I think they swept the series. I can't remember uh, exactly. I'm going to say they swept, actually. And then um, – so Kawhi was – they expected him to be back by game one of the um, 2017 season, 2017-2018 uh, season, so right after those playoffs. And he just kind of took his time coming back from injury. And the it became like the Spurs and their doctors thought that Kawhi was ready to play, and Kawhi decided he wasn't ready to play. And so it became this big standoff uh, and this huge rift between the two of them. And apparently Kawhi's stepdad – or not stepdad, sorry, his uncle, because um, his uncle is kind of his father figure because his, his dad was murdered when uh, Kawhi was 16. Oh, shit. His uncle's like his, his mentor and his father figure now. His uncle wanted – he wants Kawhi to become like a bigger star – uh, and he didn't think that San Antonio was like a very marketable oh. place to become an NBA superstar, um, which I think it has way more to do just with your personality than where you are in the, in the internet age. Um, but that's what they decided. And so he demanded a trade wanting to go to uh, one of the LA teams specifically. And yeah. Greg Popovich was like, fuck you. We're going to send you to uh, somewhere as far away as possible from LA. You're going to Toronto, Canada. And uh, props to Kawhi because he made the best of it and um, is, you know, one win away from bringing back the finals. But that also means uh, you know, he's only guaranteed one more game, one or two more games in Toronto because he can leave in right. free agency afterwards. And he hasn't said really one way or the other. He hasn't committed to staying in Toronto. He hasn't committed to leaving either. So that's kind of one of the big storylines in this finals, along with Kevin Durant um, also possibly leaving. Would Would Kawhi be a good fit in LA? He'd be a good fit anywhere, honestly. I don't if think there's anywhere where they wouldn't make it work. If you're LeBron James, you rather have Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard on your team? That's a really good question. After seeing this, I'd take Kawhi, honestly. Although... You know, technically, LeBron and Kawhi play the same position, although they'd find a way to make yeah, it work. Yeah, It wouldn't really matter. LeBron basically can play Everything. four positions. So they'd make it work, but I think... Five, if you're counting coach, Will. Ooh! It will... There's five... Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah all right. It's kind of a GM more than he is the coach. Okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking me, answering my basketball questions, and educating me, Will. Uh, Martyr. Uh, make sure you follow Will on Twitter at Wilkie6 for his hot LaCroix takes. Once a week.